Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Run the track, run the track, run the run. Hi, I'm Lucy and I'm a personal trainer. And I'm Flora and I hate running. And welcome to Run the Track for all you runners out there. And all the people who hate running. Listen to us talk about our favourite tracks, play some of it to you. And generally just try to help you get to the end of a run without stopping. Hi. Hey, this is a kind of sad one. <laughs> this is actually a really sad episode. And I feel ma- like we're trying to be really like, hey, we can't. <laughs> we can't, we can't. We are talking about heartbreak this episode. This will come as a two-part. Part one is wallowing, and then part two will be moving on. I would say if this is actually genuinely where you're at and you're in a heartbreak situation. Oh, God. Maybe let's just go for a walk. Yeah, I think no running pressure. Like, we all know that running helps, and fucking hell, it actually fucking helps. Yeah. Like, that's no... I didn't swear for no reason there. I know the feeling of heartbreak and I know it makes you feel very insular and like you don't even want to like go outside. Yeah. yeah. So going outside is a step in itself. So even just going for a walk right now, obviously if you fancy a little light run, that's absolutely fine as well, wherever you're at. But yeah, I'm recommending even as a personal trainer, like just take it easy right now. Your emotions are going to be all over the place. Mm, Do not run. Yeah. Like we don't want to stop you running if you were going to run, but you do not have to run this episode. No. So. (laughs) Lucy, what's your heartbreak stretch? So I'm just going to go into child's pose. Okay. It's just Mm, simple, but uh, I feel like it's a hip opener. And like apparently we hold a lot of emotion in the hips, which I've said before. mm, So we're just going to come into a nice. Hips don't lie. Just a relaxed opening the hips. Just a child's pose. Could you explain what child po- child's pose is to the amateurs? Yes. Beginners so among if us. You start on your knees. Mm-hmm. And then just leaning backwards. So bum basically by your feet. So you're leaning back. Mm-hmm. Sitting back, sorry. Um, and I've done it all wrong. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was quite doing that. Um, and then just come lean forwards, arms, if you can as well. I want mm. you to place your palms, um, so your palms are facing up towards the ceiling. Nice. And then just leaning down, so put almost so belly should be touching the floor, basically. Mm-hmm. And then hips are pushed back as much as you can. I should be doing it as well, shouldn't I? And exhale as you come into the position. So it's just a hip opener, knees out wide. That's it, really nice. And I'll just quickly do the extended one, where, which is where someone pushes onto your oh, exit. That God this one. damn it! Does it feel nice? Yeah, it does. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's the child's pose. If you can get a close friend or 
podcast co-host like what did you do like stand so on my just, back oh yeah you can like sit on someone's back but just be careful <laughs> yeah be careful this is a dangerous episode both emotionally and physically <laughs> write the future i don't know about you lucy but i see wallowing as very important and a very healthy part yeah. of breaking up it's inevitable that step i try and like skip it mm. and it just never works and i would say from advice of like past experiences definitely go through the wallowing yes and i would also add that we're not trained professionals in any way yeah. <laughs> i have considered my heartbreaks to be up there with like the worst times of my life mm. so do not listen to this podcast for like actual mental health advice <laughs> but i just think the wallowing part is really important and it needs to be acknowledged yeah there's so many songs that are like i don't care like shout out to my ex like i'm fine and it's like you're really not fine yeah when you're going through a breakup you're posting bikini photos and like fit mm -hmm. pics of yourself because you want to seem a certain way portraying yourself as fine and great and like amazing and fit when actually it's fine to just feel shit I would love to just upload a story of me crying. It's seen as a breakup, but like essentially it is grief. Like you're mm. grieving a loss of someone in your life and like an idea of how they fit into your life and like how you are with them. Like that yes. whole dream and that whole like future has now crumbled. So you're having to completely reconstruct this idea of your life ahead of you. It's really similar to grief, but it's also in a weird way they aren't actually gone and that's what's also really hard is like they're also around and like living their life and maybe they're over things more than you are and you don't know oh, and you're God. questioning all these things in your head it can be different to grief because there's that element of rejection yeah which is that someone has chosen to move on without you yeah i actually don't know how to put it into words and it is the great art provoker of our time heartbreak mm. but it is so deeply horrible yeah so complex yet so simple at the same time it just completely takes over everything like you know when someone's like breaking up with you or telling you they don't want to see you anymore and there's like I always think, think of it as kind of like a liquid panic that just like overrides everything else in and your body because you also want to prove to your friends and I think? I think I think that's kind of weird yeah. I've like noticed it with friends and I've noticed it with myself or like even family, like it's like a, this defensive feeling. Well, I have it personally, and I don't know if any of the listeners can identify with this, but it's basically, again, I think I have a fear of this period, mm. not actually like just wallowing. I, your friends should really be the ones though that you don't have to It's say not in feels. that way. It's not like, I've just got really shit friends. So if you're listening, mm. like you're really, <laughs> it's just something I've noticed I deal with as a person. When I'm really sad about something, I like put up this barrier and it's like a closed fist. And then, mm. and then I just then release, but it takes me a bit longer yeah. than other people. And I feel like I just go through a phase of pretending everything's fine for a yeah. I think it's quite an interesting thing you said about friends though, not to be a massive bitch as well, but like, I think sometimes we expect female friends to behave in a very certain way because mm. we have these ideas of like how girls are like, also obsessed with each other and on top of each other and know each other inside out and we'll just be able to be there for you whatever you need but I've found your female friends will respond to your lowest moments in completely unexpected ways mm. and some are really surprising and really amazing and others you feel really betrayed and upset and you feel like you're my best female friend like you're supposed to be 
better than this. Like this, yeah. you're supposed to be making this better. Like often the advice is like, who needs a man? You've got your female friends. And then sometimes they can be so blind to how you actually feel. And that's why within all safe measures, like I really think wallowing, only you are ever gonna understand how, how hard it was for you to get through this relationship. Mm. And sometimes expecting your friends to be the perfect companion in that journey isn't always gonna leave you feeling like great. I remember always being like, they're really not understanding me. Like, mm. but I'm sure I'm also being kind of very insular and like not myself and like not very friendly. So it's it's definitely like a two-sided thing. Yeah. You can't structure it. So like, I always find myself when I'm like going through a breakup, I don't know about you, but I'm being, I'll be like, well, the last time someone broke my heart, it took X amount of time to get over them. And it's like, it doesn't work that way. Mm. It's not like just this process of time. You can't shape it. You can't structure it. There's no time frame. It's just shit. You have to be able to kind of let go and like accept that. And actually by yeah. letting go is when you actually start dealing with it. It's like we're going on a bear hunt. That's children's story of like you can't go around it you can't go over it you can't go under it you have to go through oh, it I like that yeah comparison and it's horrible but it means you're doing the right thing a bit like our anxiety episode where we were saying like don't just try and cover the hangover with drinking more you have to kind of feel the hangover to mm. get through the hangover yeah maybe they saw a side of you that you didn't really let anyone else see or they nurtured a whole side of you that had never come out before but also like there's an element of I'm sad I became that person. Yes. In that relationship, like a bad, like a bad version of myself. Yes. And like, I think things like that are really important because it's like, well, if you became not yourself within a relationship, that's not right for you either. And like, mm. it's just constantly about what I always think is having a mantra in your head. They made me feel like this. This is why it wasn't right for me. I have to have pride with stuff like this. I've been down that rabbit hole of like the, yeah. I've literally Googled how to get him to like you again. Yeah. Ended up on that guy. Have you seen, he's like English and he's, but he works in America. Yeah, I know And he exactly. gives advice. He's what is his really name? Intense. Do you mean he's quite short? I'm not sure, but like he gives it, and like I, you watch loads of his videos and you get to a link that's like, okay, now buy my book. A bit like the witches from the witch mm. episode. It's like, oh, it's all a scam. And like heartbroken women are the most easy to scam people because we're just desperate at that point for like someone to say that there's a way yeah. to change it. I'm really like lucky, I would say, that I have so much pride in me. I would never want someone who doesn't want me. Mm. And that's what infuriates me with friends and stuff is like, it's actually really common as well to feel like you want someone back. It's such a bad route to go down because even if they take you back, it's not yeah. a fair game. And sometimes you just want them back because you just want the approval of them mm, when yeah. you actually think about practically getting back together with them you're like well no I don't really want that but I it's like a massive ego blow that they don't want to be with you you kind of know on some level you don't want to be with them I think that's what's really interesting is how much of it is just the ego I remember my auntie was like after it just happened and like I'd come back from a holiday and then um she was like oh you've just been binned and oh. described as binned like, binned binned she said that to you yeah what a bitch. Sorry, I know, I know it's your auntie, laughing, but... It's like, it's not funny. That's why we've got the wallowing episode, because it does happen. And the only things that make you feel better is that, A, everyone goes through this phase. Yeah. But also everyone does move on. You yeah. will move on. Even if it takes you five years, you will move on. Mm. Like, I remember the first time I got broken up with, 
and I was crying on the street. Just sat there in my little like Abercrombie and Fitch outfit, like That's crying. So our teenagers. Yeah, and then this female taxi driver picked me up, Aww. and she was like, "Oh, you look like really wonderful." Obviously, she was like, "What's happened?" And I was like, "My boyfriend just broke up with me," and then for free, she just took me back to my parents' house. Oh my god! And then was saying like, "I've been going through. A, I went through a divorce like two years ago." It gets better, and I, what I really liked is that she didn't laugh at me or like minimize anything. It was just really like. Yeah, this shit happens. We're just two women out in the world together. The fact that she could go through a divorce and be fine made me think, like, okay, I know it can be fine. And maybe you miss them, but at the same time, you're like, oh, I'm just in this desperate situation and it's not all to do with his approval Mm. or her approval or their approval, whoever. This is not just for straight relationships. But, like, it's so, it's like RuPaul always says, if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love somebody else? It's so true. So, so true. But what we're here today to say is that, like, you don't have to go immediately to the, like, love yourself thing. There is yeah. that period where you're just feeling so sorry for yourself. The only way to deal with it is to know that it will end. My mum always says, wallow and indulge. And by indulging, you actually get over it a lot quicker like do the Bridget Jones go and get yourself the ice cream go and get yourself for me it's like super noodles it's like my kids food and yum yums go to a supermarket get some yum yums get some super noodles order a Domino's like just binge watch like when Harry met Sally some rom-coms I have to avoid rom-coms if I'm in heartbreak mode I'm like watching documentaries about like Scientology okay (laughs) it's just I can't have anything that reminds me of it yeah no mine's more like I'm going I want to go full like to the worst point yeah and yeah and you can only come up speaking of which i got you a fortune cookie oh my god so I think we're just you. gonna change we're gonna clear the air okay for the listeners and ourselves so if you're listening you. to this in your head now either pick flora's fortune cookie <laughs> or my fortune cookie uh, and that will be your fortune that's a really good idea okay so what does yours say i kind of want to eat the cookie Flora eaten the fortune at that. Do not fret, your secret is secure. So if you chose Flora, that's yours. Fuck, that's sinister. And mine is. You should be able to undertake and complete anything, including a heartbreak. Okay, and what's my secret? I mean, I had a really horrible secret throughout a relationship that drove my insides to eat themselves with anxiety so So... (laughs) do you want to go into that so uh no i don't really want to go into that but it's good to know our secrets are secure i have like an inability to not say it but i actually need to say everything that reminds me of like you remember when people used to be like would you rather dicks for ears or vagina for nose (laughs) oh my god what would you rather dicks for ears really just because it's quite fun oh I think vagina for nose. I think the dicks for ears are just too protruding. I think vagina for nose is fine for now because of COVID. Like, you can cover it. (laughs) (laughs) You're out here doing your thing. Okay, I'm going to go for a song that is actually just really sad. Um, (laughs) Because it is a really sad time for everyone. I learned the truth at 17 That love was meant for beauty queens High school girls with clear skin smiles Who married young and then 
I mean, that's got me. Yeah. I also like it that it's 17 because I actually think I thought that you were tapping into something quite interesting there. But like people do laugh at teenage heartbreak and actually it's the most painful because you don't have experience of heartbreak. Yeah. And I also think people laugh at teenage heartbreak because it's a defense mechanism in like the older mind to isolate yourself from that. You've kind of tricked yourself into thinking you've grown out of that, but mm. you actually never do. But yeah, that was Janice Ian at 17. Really good. Um, sorry, but the name put me off. Why? Because of Mean Girls. So, really interesting. <laughs> Janice Ian in Mean Girls is named after this Janice Ian. Oh, wow. And I think that is Janice Ian's journey in Mean Girls. She feels like the, the outsider and then she projects that onto Katie. Katie could have been the insider, as we know. She's like a plastic undercover. But it's Janice's rejection that actually drives the whole story. Yeah. This song is in the Mean Girl soundtrack. Wow. <laughs> no, no, no. That's really interesting. So you, when yeah, Regina I... is crying at one point, yeah. it's playing in the background. And I know, I have a feeling that Tina Fey like really connects to this song because I, I've heard her talking about her early years. And okay. Like, and yeah, this is what Janice Ian, the real Janice Ian, says about the song. This song was written about a time in my life when I was really weird looking and there were all these girls I was going to school with who were really terrific looking. They were like cheerleaders and very tall and long blonde hair. I was very short with curly black hair. Being in America at that time, so she's like from the 60s, there was so much more of a push to be look a certain way and yeah. for like the cheerleader and like that the blonde, all white Americana blonde. Yeah. vibe. So anyone who looked like Janice Ian, who is actually really beautiful, but just has darker features basically and curly hair, would feel alienated. So that's why that song make that the song's very literal about like not feeling good enough and it would be like horrific to be in a high school. I like at that, that time. you brought this to the table because also the two tier breakup, like it's it's not only that someone has broken your heart or like an end of a relationship, an end of an era, but it's also like she's dealing with not feeling her good own enough. insecurities and stuff like that. Yeah. I think that's really true. And I think that's what you always have to remember is looking at it deeper than just it's all this person and that that that's the reason I'm feeling like this. Like if you're on Instagram at that point, you're just gonna think everyone else is perfect. Yeah. And I don't know, the way I use social media, I tend to like not get too caught up in like really basic looking girls, like Instagram accounts, because I just find them really boring, basically. And like, I often find the people who are like fashion influencers who would be like the cheerleader type, like I'm never jealous of them because I just think their lives look so boring and embarrassing. But like when I'm going through a breakup, that's the moment you're like, oh my God, guys are obsessed with this one type of person. And like, I well, I didn't meet that. But I just think as women, I don't know how men feel. I think men do do it as well. You just think like, why am I not good enough? We'll beat ourselves up a lot. Even if like the guy cheated, you'll be like, oh, he cheated because I didn't look a certain way or because I wasn't doing and that. And then a lot of like self-improvement stuff can, or like a culture of like self-improvement can make you feel like, oh, there probably was something I was lacking in and I need to get better. But it's it's more like you live long enough, you're gonna feel fucking rejected, left out, heartbroken. And it's not necessarily always your fault, but you're left feeling like Janice Ian in Mean Girls. Mm. And Janice Ian had her own demons that she had to slay internally. I think in the film though, Janice Ian like overdoes it a bit, which is what this song mm. helps me with to okay. realize. It's like, 
she doesn't feel 100% like a mean girl. So she goes really far the other way and like, it's probably experimenting with her identity and whatever, which is so totally fine, but it's actually isolating herself a lot. Mm-hmm. And the way that the plot against Regina is like inspired so much by Janice's outsider vibe. Yeah. She kind of needs to learn to like not be so toxic. I think it's like really important to have this stage where you're reflecting on like you as a person on your own analyze yourself look in and start loving yourself on your own because no man what's the thing oh my god i need to quickly vote run the track anyway <laughs> okay should i go for my next first? song okay so this is frozen by madonna oh i don't know it do you not yeah you do So that was Madonna Frozen. So that was made in 1998. When speaking to the New York Times, she said the song is about retaliation, revenge, hate, and regret of a breakup. Oof, nice. Um, retaliation, revenge, hate, um, regret. My four favorite emotions. <laughs> yeah. I kind of want to go into the anger side of it, actually. Yes, if you don't love mind. that. Love because that. I, I, as I said, I don't really like wallowing. And I think I... As an anxious person, which I've spoken about loads before, anxiety is quite close, I think, to anger as a, it's almost like a coping mechanism to anxiety is feeling a bit unsafe right now. So it makes you feel angry and annoyed. In breakups, I can be quite, I can retaliate. Really? Yeah. Ooh. As in, if they break up with you, you'll... I do things to make sure that they feel shit good <laughs> <laughs> like post pictures of myself like I don't know I just like will try and upset them yeah yeah which there's a place for that I'm sorry there is and I agreed I think again we have to do a disclaimer we're not responsible for any actions you take mm. like this is just us being honest about our own lived experience with don't do anything dangerous but it is a human instinct do you think there is like a human desire for revenge like if you feel wronged there's something primal in us that's like, I need to turn the tables. I need some power back. Yeah, maybe it's like homeostasis. So it's like the balance of like our bodies. What comes up must go down. Mm. If you do X to me, maybe you need to somehow feel the same way that I feel. Or like, you know, yeah. like cry me a river and stuff like that. It's like, because I've cried a river over you. It's like, I, you deserve to feel the the hurt that you've made me feel. Yeah, yeah wallowing and like the anger and anxiety phase of mm. breakups can make you th- make crazy decisions that you think are like going to redress the power balance but actually it's just really sad yeah you'll do something in the short term but like the longer term things like working on yourself yeah. going through the wallowing like you know there's no simple solution there's no obvious solution either but like the gains you make at first through accepting your situation grieving giving yourself time will lead to results that are so much more satisfying Mm. in terms of revenge than anything you do in like in the moment 
Yeah. Like long term is better than short term. But I think it's an interesting energy source. That's that's all. I, I think it's mm. a nice, I think it's a good direction to go in for a while. Basically, it's like a good distraction is to go down an angry route. And like how I basically go about it is no actions on anything. I think doing video, I basically, as advice, I am someone that feels like this. I feel like I want to retaliate. So instantly as advice. And by the way, we have questions from anonymous listeners. Oh, actually? Yeah. Oh my God. One of which is, shall I keep my ex on social media? Oh. Um, and I would say because of how I am as a person, it, it completely depends on like you as a person, but I'm someone who does like to retaliate and probably would post loads of pictures of me like getting with like loads of the world. Um, <laughs> and like you said, end up hurting myself because it never actually works long-term. I always block um, yeah. my exes. Block. I just block them because it's such a waste of time. Like what do you, what is the gain in seeing them day to day? Like you want them flicked off the planet basically yeah. right now. Yeah. I just think completely remove them. But like having said that, it's okay to bitch about them. Oh yeah. I think there's a bit of room for that. Cause that's not harming anyone. Like, so mm. I go down angles when I break up with someone or they break up with me where I'll be like, I don't know, I'm quite mean, but like- if Really you don't, petty things. Really petty stuff. Yeah, that is so one dimensional and like has no bearing on them as like a human being on this planet who no. all experience God's love, but you'll sum them up in one word. Like they're just really lame. Yeah, <laughs> they were really bad in bed. I don't know, something like that. It's like, that's quite mean to say, but it's not really gonna get out there. Yeah, it's what your friends should be there for to like talk, just say, just to chat shit about that person. And as long as you're not like publicly defaming them, I think that's, fair play and you yeah. don't do anything I mean I wouldn't give this as advice it's just maybe something that does happen mm. you become hateful and yeah. vengeful but then the Madonna song that you're talking about says that like well the hate is getting so much that your your own heart is suffering like you're losing love mm. because you're frozen yeah that's a really good point actually because I feel like I'm almost like giving the listeners advice to be angry but I mean, I'm not, I'm, I agree with you. I think by going so far in this direction of like, why was I even with them anyway? I'm so much better than them. Like, fuck them, all of this. You are losing sight of like, why has this had such an effect on me? Why do I have so much like anger towards them? Mm. You know, or like me being like, I'm actually quite angry. Why am I angry? Oh, it's because of my anxiety. Maybe I need to work on my anxiety. Going backwards on things rather than like just this hate train. Yeah, and end like, up losing yourself. We all get on the hate train, I feel like is what you're saying. Yeah. But we don't want to stay on the hate train because ultimately you're only going to pollute your own vibes. Yeah. <laughs> Such an annoying way of putting it. But Flora's smoking a split. Yeah. <laughs> the person who suffers most is you because you just fester in so much toxic anger. Mm. But then I agree with you. I can't fully come down on one side with this issue. Like mm. it's actually really inspirational and really motivational. Nothing drives me like jealousy. Nothing mm. drives me like the desire for revenge. I feel very inspired when I'm jealous and I feel very inspired when I'm angry. And I do think that's why there's so many songs about like heartbreak and love because it's it's such a palpably creative time. You're feeling so much. Always, yeah. always try and channel it into something interesting. Mm. It really is the one salvation of heartbreak. It's like, use that energy, use that venom you're feeling to maybe not like, bully the person you were with, but maybe use it in a really productive, like fruitful way. I'm not saying Google hobby and go start one. 
I think sometimes when people are like lacking inspiration, being heartbroken is where they'll find it. And I think- Can I ask you a question personally and for the listeners as well? As someone who you do comedy, stand up, and like you're speaking in front of people, a lot of your life, you can like analyze your life and speak about that. That's like kind of like the point of like stand up in a way. Mm. I know that some things are going to be like over exaggerated or whatever, but like it's a lot about like your life and how it's funny in certain ways. How much do you feel that you? are able to express yourself with something like heartbreak? Like, is it something you'd speak about afterwards, like long time afterwards when you feel like you're over it? Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't be able to like do a stand up. No, the old saying is comedy is tragedy plus time. I can never talk on stage about the things I'm actually feeling. Okay. I used to talk a lot about living my parents and then I could only write about that in a funny way. Like once I'd moved in with a boyfriend. Mm. All the jokes were about how shit it is living with my parents because I found it really difficult to talk about that at the actual time. Then me and the boyfriend broke up and moved back in with my parents. Yeah. And then I found that easier to make jokes about like breaking up with someone because once I'd got over the heartbreak, but then I was back living with my parents. Mm. I think that's something I want to work on more though, is like being able to be a bit more present and to talk about the thing no, that is actually going on. No, but I actually think on. that's so much healthier as a mindset. Yeah, I'd never treat stand-up like therapy. Like, no, but like it's never could, the first port of call. You say that you're doing what therapists would tell you to do, which is coming away from the situation, dealing with it yourself and then confronting it. I think that's the aim, but I don't think I've always achieved it. <laughs> Love our Diet Cokes, big part of the show. Yeah, because sometimes you are, sometimes some things have just broken your heart so much that like, I did this whole show one year. It was in such a like basic feminist era of like, I want to be more creative. I don't need like a man. It was just really shit that show because like I wasn't being honest. And I actually was so heartbroken. And that whole show was really fucked by the fact that like I wasn't acknowledging the heartbreak and I was trying to avoid it. I know, but then I I remember once seeing a stand up to be fair. I remember, I think he was still going through some sort of trauma. Yeah. And because of that, it made it not very funny because mm. it felt too painful yeah it depends like, what you're into if you like a raw if you like a raw experience where you're like man yeah that guy's fucked up that's so cool but if you've paid for some laughs and you ain't getting them then yeah that's not what was it, it said on the ticket crying yeah i'm from Barnet. do you know what i mean i just <laughs> want to go into town get some tickets and we want to laugh for an hour <laughs> yeah I'm really in the toilet. Oh yeah, okay. please. Also, do you have any more Diet Coke? I actually don't. But we oh, could go down shit. to the shop. It's literally down the road. How far away? Your boyfriend's whack. Okay, so we just nipped to the shop to get some Diet Coke. <laughs> yeah. We should we have kind of done like a heartbreak little shop. Oh yeah, we got some chocolate, some Diet Coke. I got a strawberry lace, like a sour lace. A sour lace. Yeah, it's really good. To me. That sounds like a like a, a slur for a, an old hag. <laughs> Ye oldie sour lease. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna go with. You've got my sprite, by the way. Oh, rude of me. <laughs> Sorry. No, I thought you kind of wanted it to be. No, fun. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, this is a song. As we know. Okay, yeah. Do you know it? No. Heartache is the most universal theme. It was really hard to choose any song. I'm just going with a song that weirdly just came up. I like going with songs that like have just randomly come into my life without me even like choosing them. Mm. And it just came up once when I was having a really horrible breakup. 
and I quite appreciated it because I found the lyrics really honest. And it's by Banks and it's called Lovesick. Okay, so that was Banks and Lovesick. Oh my God, that was so nice. By the way, if you want to check out the whole version, it will be on the Spotify playlist, which we'll be releasing all of them. They should come up into a little section on our Instagram, which is at pod run the track. Yeah, it was just that, that line, like, please call me. Cause it's that feeling of like, you can't call them, but you're dying for them to call you. Yeah, you may have been blocked. Yeah. I've been there, my yeah. friend. Blocked. I think the actual song is kind of about being so turned on by someone, like being obsessed with them. You want them so, so much. Like she's like, she's lovesick because she fancies them so much. But I think that can get so mingled with heartbreak because like that feeling of being obsessed with someone gets so magnified when you can't have them. I think the song is kind of sexual. It's like, I'm hard up for some time in the sheets. Like she just wants to have sex. Mm. The whole production of it and the whole sound, it's very like, before Billie Eilish, but that whole like dark, mm. bassy, sad female thing. It's not just a horny song about like fancying someone. It's so sad. I feel like it's completely, and that's what I find the worst about heartbreak is when you're so sad, but you're also really horny. <laughs> <laughs> because like you miss having sex with them as well. One of our friends said like, if you're not having sex with them, they might as well be your friend. So mm. that's what differentiates in a way the connection which seems silly again but it's not like a sexual connection with someone is like meditation like mm, love that. it's very like deep i want to look up banks because i actually don't know anything about her and what i find interesting is that i feel like she has this whole sound that like was successful at a time but now it's like but now really... it's like the sound with like Billie eilish Okay, I've just found bank Wikipedia. A bank is a financial institution that accepts deposits. Bank singer. Gillian Rose Banks, known as Banks, is an American singer, songwriter, and poet. Oh, here we go. She taught herself piano when she received a keyboard from a friend to help her through her parents. Heartbreak, divorce. Divorce, exactly. <laughs> so her first experience of writing music was around her parents' divorce, her feelings around that, her parents' feelings, probably feeling like so much. Mm. I'm sorry to say it, and I know it just sounds like saying get a hobby, but like that's where she started writing music. Yeah. And I just think she's made a lot of music that's been slightly not recognized enough. And she looks a bit like Phoebe Waller-Bridge. She says like, I'm lovesick, I ain't even ashamed. She's just said it. And that's much more exciting to me than as you say, doing this boss bitch, like Instagram, like I'm everything's fine, I'm fine. And actually what you're feeling is such an extreme, in the kind of poetic sense of the word, like romantic, sublime, terrifying, awful, but like you're literally in the heart of life. Like this is like the center of the earth. Like you are on some plane of feeling that is more poetic, that is more exciting, that is more creative. Mm. It's like yeah. 
And I like that you're saying that as well. I really like that you keep saying like, it's almost stunning, but horrible at the same yes. time. It's like both of them. Yeah, and it's maybe it's my way of trying to cope with like feeling horrible of like mm. always trying to be like, well, you could make something out of it. Because I sometimes worry about that in myself that like, I'm just trying to put like different verbiage around it to make it more palatable for my brain. But I actually really do feel like the times I've been most alive are when I've been most heartbroken and mm. people may not understand you and you may feel really misunderstood when actually you're just a sort of a bundle of mess eating ice cream and like crying to yourself. But really respect the fact that you're feeling something so massive. Yeah. That is so much more exciting than any kind of like lame defense mechanism thing you could put up on Instagram. Like that's why I like the song, she's been so fucked up, I'm lovesick, I ain't even ashamed. This lovesickness, this like really like horny and sad at the same time, but like she's gone mad. And there's like that that side of lovesickness and rejection and heartache that is completely insane. You go mad. But as long as you're safe, like do what you can to stay safe. Mm. It is such an exciting and exhilarating part of being alive. And it's why there's so much culture about it. It's annoying to say use it creatively, but I mean more like what you're experiencing is on another level of feeling mm. and not to be, af- not you can be afraid of it. It is terrifying, but not to be like ashamed Think of it. Of- but like let the life force, the tragic, the excellent life force of pain and heartbreak flow through you and mm. trust that something will come out and just don't try to deny it. The sauce is within you. Mm. That hot sauce, that ketchup. Jokes that are hack. Okay, my final song. Yes, please. I mean, this is quite like basic. We are basic. Well, since my baby left me, will I find a new place to dwell? That was um, Elvis Presley Ovs. Everyone knows the song. I know it's really basic. You've got to say the name though. Heartbreak Hotel. This was Elvis Heartbreak Hotel. I chose it because he's sexy as hell. God damn. Um, and obviously it's about Heartbreak Hotel. Maybe you can like use this time period, wallowing time period as a hotel. Okay, very literal there with the name of the song, but go on. To overcome, have some hot chocolate, go and get a massage. Room service. <laughs> but I still, I love that Heartbreak Hotel because it's temporary. Yeah. You, ha- you will check out of the hotel at yeah. some point. Yeah. I really can tell that Elvis Presley is a phenomenon that like I understand existed and was very dominant in the culture, but like I have no personal connection to. Okay. I just don't know. There's something about him that's just so sexual. Mm. Are you attracted to him? No. I could definitely imagine getting caught up in the fervor. Like if I was at a concert, I'd yeah. scream and cry. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I think he's fit. Um, But I just really like that the song is about, A, number one, Elvis Presley singing about heartbreak. Yeah you'd think he'd never be heartbroken because he's such a stud muffin. Yeah. But we all go through it. Mm-hmm. Just like Beyonce's Lemonade, she got cheated on. Yeah. And 
I'll be so lonely I could die. That's in the lyrics. Been there, my friend. Yeah. Oh, look, ev- <laughs> the lyrics of the song are actually really funny. Like, everyone's crying. Now the bellhop's tears keep flowing and the desk clerk's dressed in black. Well, they've been so long on Lonely Street. Well, they'll never, they'll never look back. <laughs> they get so lonely. Like, everyone is crying. I think it's really important because it can feel like you're the only one. You have to always think like there are loads of people around the world going through a heartbreak. It's a mm. human feeling, like you said, it's like eating, sleeping, heartbreak. It's so universal. Yeah. It really is an opportunity. For growth. But you can't see it when you're wallowing. No. Also, this is a message from one of our listeners. Okay, love that. Um, so yeah, if you want to also message us for future episodes similar to this, um, you're welcome to DM us at Pod Run the Track is our Instagram. Um, but an anonymous listener has messaged saying to us both, "How do I stop messaging my ex when I'm drunk?" Oh my god, that is a quasi and a half. Obviously, you have to delete their number. Yeah, is that? No, no, I completely agree. I'm like, cut them off, like guillotine them off. Yeah, like it's done it's over because there's nothing gained from this like it's just it's a heartbreak you know when you're drunk though you'll find a way to get their number like you know some advice I wish someone had given me but it's because people didn't respect the internet enough to give me this advice at the time because people saw the internet as just flippant rather than something that played a role in our lives every day every second as much as you can delete their number if you're in a shared group with that person like a shared whatsapp group you should actually leave that group as well. Like, because that's how you could get them, their number when you're drunk. Even message them saying, like, your feelings, saying, I'm right now, I'm feeling something and, like, I can't speak to you. That is not you being uncool or, like, weird. That's a, like, we, we've been discussing this whole time. That is a completely normal and valid No shame. Feeling. I completely agree that you should just block. But then what if you know their number off by heart? Because often you do if they're a lover. Mm, I guess drink less. <laughs> yeah, that's actually really good advice. Try not to get too drunk. But like, that's also really hard because it's again going down the whole like, you're masking that you're fine. So you, you could just go out loads. You could ask them to block your number. Uh, what I would always do is I usually like negotiated with my exes. Oh no. That we both blocked each other and we both blocked each other off all social media. Oh, accounts. that's good. Okay. Just because it's like a respect for each other. I think you just got to develop a narrative in your brain. Okay, this is something for me. In general, I've noticed with friends. People will give themselves the craziest justifications why it's okay to text someone, which when you're drunk will then lead to you thinking it's justified to text them when you're not thinking. But if when you're sober, you're like, any text, whatever it is, whatever it is, is a bad idea. So I'd say when you're sober, do not tell yourself lies that there are other reasons that it may be acceptable to text them Mm. because then you'll text them when you're drunk. Allowing your friends some control over your actions at this stage, especially really early on, being really communicative and like open with your friends about what you're going through and saying when you're sober I'm going through this. I keep actioning it in this way by messaging them. Please, I'm going to ask you when I'm drunk. Please, can you say no and yeah. stop me doing it? Just gives them a bit of authority to be like, no, Lucy, you're not doing that. And like, yeah. it's not very nice. And you'll probably find your friends fucking idiots. But 
that's a friend and like they're there to just stop you doing idiotic things that you'll regret in the morning and then you'll be more sad than you were before. At the end of the day, even if you do text your ex, like people do, it happens. And to not beat yourself up too much about it either. Like you'd also, also like the next day just be like, lol, drunk, sorry. Every single person on the planet has probably done this. So just don't be harsh on yourself. As Flora said, just messaging them the next day and being like, I'm really sorry. They're not going to judge you. Like they dated you. I think this is like an ongoing conversation. Just for me, I don't think we'll ever get as a human race to the root of heartache. And I feel like we've given our two pence at this point in our lives, Mm. but it could change. Yeah. For me, this is just an acknowledgement that like the wallowing phase is necessary, but it's a hotel. You've checked in, but you will check out. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And if you're like me and you're really defensive, you still have to check into this fucking hotel. So just know that it's there and like, it's okay. And being vulnerable is okay. How you're feeling's okay. Just don't egg the house, please. Don't egg the house. And if you're like me and you find it really hard to check out of the wallowing phase, we're going to be talking about that next episode in the moving on phase of heartbreak. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> but yeah, for now, thank you so much for listening. Thanks, guys. Feel free to rate and review us on the... And- apple podcast app because that really helps and we'll be asking you on social media if you have any questions for the next episode any uh, agony aunt questions well it's going to be much more about moving on moving on so yeah if you Motivational. have any queries or you want some advice on moving on from a breakup or seeing someone or anything like that like please feel free to dm us at pop from the track hope you enjoyed the episode guys yeah good luck with your crying it will end Life will get better. Run, run.